0: I thought about giving them an affectionate nickname, people listen to the show, but the best I could come up with was Thunder Buddies. <laughs>
1: Which is kind of like a, <laughs> so bad it's good. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to superimpose our pictures onto uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ted. I mean, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs>
0: that nobody asked for um i'm your host dave ryan i'm joined as i am every episode by my co-host lee malone lee how are you this week
1: i'm very good uh, happy to be back on the show again back at it episode three
0: yeah we're in a roll now it's just what we do now
1: i mean it, fe- it feels like we only just done episode two
0: yeah all, almost like we record two of these at a time and we literally just are on the same Skype call from last week the magic of radio
1: we're like WCW 2000 we just record everything all at once
0: yeah yeah we're NXT UK we have just banked 14 show. we're actually done recording all of Thunder um, and we're just going to be it'd be weird if like one of us died in the next like week couple Jesus of Christ <laughs>
1: Lex Luger, man, from the first episode is coming yeah. back.
0: <laughs> I want to be the first posthumous podcaster. Oh Life God! Gold.
1: Can we start again?
0: <laughs> no, no, we're just going to roll. This is all gold, son.
1: Oh, God. I'm going to so, do- die, and this is what's going to be left of my memory. <laughs> just play this as the coffin's being lowered down. <laughs> In case you can't tell, we are definitely delirious from too much
0: oh, thunder. <laughs> boys, we're on our third episode, and things are getting punchy already. <laughs> so, anyway, let's let's get to the actual thunder of it all, my friend. We have no feedback from the Thunder Buddies this week because we kind of shot <laughs> shot our wad, metaphorically speaking. Don't on let last that one show.
1: slip! Don't let that one slip, boy. Dave just called you all Thunder Buddies.
0: Yeah, damn right. They're our friends. They're our Thunder Buddies. <laughs> Um, how? Without getting into the details of episode three, Lee, how how are you enjoying it so far? The the, the our journey down Thunder Road.
1: Yeah, I mean, three episodes in, it's been watchable.
0: Yeah, I'm finding I, I, it getting easier and easier to watch.
1: I don't I don't know whether it's my tastes adapting to what Thunder is
0: yeah is but it I, is it that we're three episodes in and somewhere in the back of your head you're like well now I know I have to watch it so I might as well try to enjoy it
1: it's like I'm committed now so I have to enjoy it to a certain degree mm. so I find myself turning off New Japan World and putting on Thunder
0: what a fucking sorry state
1: of affairs Um, <laughs> gotta love those travel junior matches you're you're
0: voluntarily turning into what i used to do to a friend of the show and my link to the cast co-host mark robinson when he lived with me um when we would make dinner uh we'd, we'd switch off night by night who wanted to like decide what we watched on the wwe network and it'd be like, he would pick like mind games or something like that to watch Sean versus Mankind. Then the following night, kind of he'd be like, oh, I've set the gauntlet now. You have to try and find something better than that and go, let's go watch WCW Sin. Oh, God. <laughs> because he, something he really shouldn't have told me is that he watched almost no WCW growing oh. up.
1: You told me this. You made him watch Russo's Revenge, didn't you? I made
0: him watch Russo's Revenge War Games 2000, which I still have on a VHS tape somewhere in my house.
1: Well, that means you and Vince Russo own that tape.
0: And I did the classic, this is how much I love WCW, Lee. Prepare yourself for this. I recorded Russo's Revenge War Games. I designed a logo on the videotape for it that I will put up on our Twitter account, WCW Thunderpod, if I find the tape. Uh, Not only that, but the ultimate mark of loving WCW... I took the tab out of that VHS.
1: <gasps> Do you know how expensive they were? Oh, I didn't care.
0: I, I was a maverick. I lived on the edge.
1: You would have been, what, 13 at that age? 13,
0: uh, no, I was younger than that.
1: Oh, God, no, you were younger than me, actually. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah,
0: I would have been... 10. Wow. <laughs> 10, 11.
1: And you were wasting VHSs.
0: Yeah. But that was the point, I think I said it, on, I don't know if I said it on the first episode or not, but even at that age, when like WCW got bad, I knew it was bad, but it was still wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing, years before like I, I would read Power Slam, or be on the internet, or anything like that, I knew Vince Russo was a piece of shit, <laughs> and a terrible man, and ruined everything. Uh, and it, just, it was just some deep down instinct. But like, even at 10, I was like, this guy coming out to the Iron Man knockoff fucking fancies himself, doesn't he? <laughs> anyway, enough about Russo. We'll have fucking ample time to get to him eventually. Uh, we're going way back to 1998. Uh, Huntsville, Alabama, the location for Thunder Episode 3 on the 22nd of January 1998. Our broadcast team, uh, back to our, our the same as Week 1. Shivani, Brain, and uh, our fave, Lee Marshall. Lee. Um. <laughs> so that for the first time uh, in, in Thun- Days of Thunder history our show does not begin immediately with a replay but with a press release Um, and it's a press release for an announcement so not a press release that is the announcement but a press release that an announcement would be made and I love this thing about the world title situation that clearly jj dylan and the the kind of mick lambrose or whoever the wcw authority figures are in the storyline just keep kicking the can down the road of making a decision on this world title situation just every week they come with a very like varying different ways of saying i don't fucking know
1: it's like they, they stripped sting two weeks ago yeah i mean they they surely have to have made a, a decision at this stage
0: well, their decision was to re- release a press release to say that they would make an announcement on the world title that sold out. Now, I can't remember what happens at Snickers sold out 98. But I, part of me won't be surprised if they're making people buy a pay-per-view at which they will say, we still have no idea.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be buy the pay-per-view to see the announcement that at the next pay-per-view we're going to have a match. That's yeah. what it feels like to me. But here's the odd thing. Yeah. They say that Hogan,
0: uh-huh. Sting. Uh-huh. Okay,
1: did, yeah. that's logical. The last two yeah, champ- yeah. champions. Mm-hmm. They were the con- controversial figures involved. In mm-hmm. uh, Scott Hall.
0: Yeah. Who was just. And yeah.
1: Roddy Piper must yeah. all be in the ring. When Roddy an Piper
0: Roddy Piper will be there, and very nonchalantly throwing out. Oh, this is the first time since he was since he suffered nerve damage at Halloween Havoc.
1: Yeah, didn't he go off and get, like, facial reconstruction or something? Classic mm-hmm. Plastic surgery on something?
0: Yeah. But don't worry about it, because in, I think, starting off the show with my favourite moment and my ultimate 90s moment of the week, they said he's been having a great time on his time off, even though they said nerve damage. It's like, oh, he's been having a great time on Walker, Texas Ranger.
1: <laughs>
0: Just, I would say, I would love... It's such a shame Roddy's no longer with us because I would love some Roddy Piper Chuck Norris stories on a shoot interview.
1: Do you, do you think uh, Roddy tested himself against Chuck?
0: I... How could you not?
1: I'd, I'd be disappointed if he didn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured like him just walking up on Rocker Tex Ranger like yeah. Chuck Norris a man who notoriously takes himself very seriously and just a goof like Piper just ribbing him. <laughs>
1: trying to piss him off like
0: yeah then they tease that we're we're gonna be showing you uh, footage of um, what Piper's been up to did they actually show it
1: we'll get to it because they continue throughout the whole show and they never fucking show any footage yeah
0: because I, I <laughs> it literally just occurred to me there it's like I, I I, would remember if I saw footage of Piper on Walker Texas Ranger
1: they, they mention it for most of the first half of the show oh we will show you what Roddy Piper has been up to while he's been gone and (laughs) the show ends without ever seeing Roddy Piper
0: in future I would like it if people would correctly realise that any footage of Roddy Piper on Walker Texas Ranger is your de facto main event (laughs) you can cut Hall on Giant which happens later in, in the night you can cut Eddie versus Ray for all I care just show me show me fucking Walker Texas Ranger please
1: Dave's gonna start a Walker Texas Ranger podcast
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> let me just write that
1: down <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I was trying to think of a pun that I would talk in uh, the uh, podcast, but I it's just was not try, coming to me. I think.
1: was trying to think of something as well, and cool, but I wasn't coming.
0: Yeah, try, <laughs> tried to come up with one, but I got in Walker, Texas danger trying to think of one.
1: Uh, um, oh, here we go.
0: Let, let's get to some wrestling, shall we?
1: Not on this show. <laughs>
0: Um, So yeah, they teased Giant versus Scott Hall for later And then, and I think the quickest turnaround between opening of show and wrestling Only about five minutes before the bell rang Mm -hmm. uh, We had Conan with Vincent versus Scott Steiner with Ted DiBiase So I think it was like five minutes and three seconds in between when the show starts And the bell rings for this match Which is like breaking the land speed record for WCW (laughs) getting to the ring Um... Now I can't remember so Conan's a guy who like notorious history with injury um, and to the point now where in, in 2019 like the man is barely mobile. I can't remember if how his health problems were in 1998 so he was either not physically able or just wasn't fucking arsed going up for moves
1: in this I think, match. I think he just wasn't arsed. Yeah. From what, from what I remember of my limited WCW watching, mm. Conan was extremely lazy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you
0: know... But also be the kind to get very upset with you for such an assertion, I imagine.
1: I'm sure he would. But, uh, I mean, like you said, this, he... This, just is, this
0: is our way of saying that don't expect Conan appearing on the podcast anytime soon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the feelers have gone out. They have not been received kindly.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just... Uh, he was actually going to be I was going to mention at the end of the show that uh, he feels like the biggest loser already after three weeks of the show because he's someone that has a reputation of being the oldest megastar in Mexico and already after two appearances on the podcast he's done fuck all mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he he really has and like I said he's just not bothered going up for moves but unfortunately he's in there with Scott Steiner who is strong enough to make sure that it doesn't matter whether you're going you want to go for the move or not you're going up for it
1: you're going up for the fucking move and that's
0: <laughs> so he, Scott doesn't give him a choice and just fucking ragdolls him around the ring with a couple of suplexes uh, but in double quick time Buff and Norton come out to cause the DQ uh, Rick and Ray Trailer, the beefy team beefy da mm-hmm. uh, come out to even the odds uh, Scott gives Conan a back body drop to the outside right now that's the move he was attempting to give Conan but Conan um, to put it mildly took this bump like a granny <laughs> <laughs> he took this bump Lee but I thought I had hit the slow down button on my remote control. To go frame by frame. <laughs> he. He. Poured out. O- over the ropes. <laughs> he, glacial erosion. Moves quicker than Conan did. Going over to the outside here. He was very much. Uh, looking to have a gentle evening. I think tonight.
1: Yeah. It, it wasn't pretty. And. <laughs> um, yeah. We, the, the highlight of the match was Bagwell and Scott Steiner having a pose off at the end. Yeah, <laughs> just just flexing. Smiling at each other as they flex and yeah. compare compare muscles. Great stuff. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And I couldn't help but realise this was the start of a beautiful team.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. Like One of the things I'm going to really appreciate watching Thunder is watching Scott Steiner one half of the Steiners morph into Big Papa Pump over mm-hmm. the course of this show and I, I'm I'm giddy, I'm already <laughs> giddy at the thought um, but yeah, they, they still kind of amp up the tension between the Steiner brothers Scott still kind of ignores Rick as even though the two boys have come out to help him out he clears the ring by himself uh, next segment big drunk Uncle Kevin Nash is here <laughs> wearing the delightful ensemble of a flannel Backwards baseball cap because it is 1998, and an East Coast gym tee. He do you know what he looks like? Lee? This this has just occurred to me now. He looks like a guy who would shout racist things at a children's baseball game. You know that's sitting he's sitting by a cooler of beer that he's been nursing since mid morning. And by the time the game starts, he's just, he's just riled up and he says things. And, you know, his only defense for the things he says is, oh, I'm just saying what we're all feeling. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the kind of, you know, freshly divorced weird uncle we don't talk to anymore that he was looking like here. But maybe I just read too much into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's actually quite possible that that, that has happened before. <laughs>
0: Who knows? Um, I, I don't follow Kevin Nash around. <laughs> I just assume when he's not wrestling, he's the bouncer in places that John Wick goes to.
1: Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: Still insist, um, that a terrific idea for a John Wick spin off is what does Kevin Nash's character of the bouncer do when he walks away? Like he plays the world's worst bouncer that as soon as John Wick walks up to the door, he 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 just leaves. <laughs> You know, he doesn't stop the man who's definitely gonna murder people from coming into the club he doesn't even try he just says something like good good evening mr Vic because he's for some reason soviet and then just he's just away. gone and i want the movie that follows what he does for the rest of his night after that <laughs> anyway
1: a, spin- a spin-off series of uh bouncer movies
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely anyway back to 1998 Uh, This is the continuation of Kevin Nash's I'm going to troll the giant Until he fucking cracks me one in the jaw Mm -hmm. uh, Plan Um, He says The giant wants me Worse than a lap dance after 20 years at sea Which is just a Fucking chilling image (laughs) And I suppose foretells His his co-starring role in Magic Mike (laughs) So there
1: you are. Well, well, he was ours at one time. So yeah, know, just he, just he could just see let into the future.
0: Just let that thought ruminate, there, people at home. <laughs> um, any thoughts on this this Nash segment? Because I was clearly not paying attention to the substance of what was going on here.
1: No, nah, there, there wasn't much to it. He, he just guarantees that uh, tonight the giant is going to snap at some stage. Um, mm-hmm. he doesn't say how he's going to do it, but. He, typical Nash fashion it's still entertaining without actually saying much um, there was actually a, a fan sign in the background that says Mean Gene is my dad <laughs> and I have no doubt that that could probably be true in Huntsville, Alabama
0: God bless that man God bless Mean Gene rest in power brother <laughs> um, next we have now not my favourite match in Thunder history so far but definitely my favourite assortment of humanity uh, we have the team of Chavo Guerrero and Super Calo versus Silver King and La Parca. And after I wrote down La Parca, I just wrote in all caps,
1: yes. I, yeah, I have like capital letters, the first appearance of the legend.
0: Yeah. I love La Parka. I, I, I'm I on board with the kind of semi-ironic love of gives no shits anymore La Parca that kind mm-hmm. of emerged in 2018. But I I always loved what a fucking weirdo Leparca was in WCW. He was just one of my favourite people because he would just come out, win, lose or draw, crack everyone with chairs, do some air guitar and some weird dancing and then he's done.
1: I I don't think it was ever, you know, made clear in WCW whether he was a heel or a face or didn't matter. He just came out, stood (laughs) on a chair, did a dance.
0: Yeah, he's just heel, face, Leparca.
1: That. That, that was the three ranks basically, yeah. Um and even during this match, he doesn't like he does a few things but even what he does, he just kinda of pushes people out of the way. He you know he's just La <laughs> <laughs> Um a special shout to Callow who was wearing the uh the leather triple H type cap, the uh what what's the name Oh, for the
0: it? the kind of like the the Sam Jackson Yeah. Uh, flat cap,
1: flat thing. the flat cap backwards. Yeah,
0: we would call we would call them paddy caps here. Like
1: yeah, yeah um, but leather. But it's leather, and he's wearing a mask.
0: Yeah, and which,
1: which shades stitched yeah. into the mask?
0: Incredible, absolutely incredible get up. Um, one of my favorite parts about this is that clearly, uh, we're not doing the research on the luchadors. So here's Mike tonight segment, <laughs> and then. After the build-up that Mike Tenet is going to be here to explain all the luchadors to us, they his forgot mic- to turn his mic on.
1: His microphone doesn't work and they all sound terrified. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they panic. Uh, Stagger Lee does his best job to make up for the absence, of the momentary absence of Mike Tenet, and just basically repeats the thing Mike Tenet was about to say. Then Mike Tenet's microphone gets fixed, so Mike Tenet then for a third time says what he's Same going game. to say the yeah. first time. So... Fair play, the professor, Iron Mike Tanay was was here and he was in form. Um a spot I definitely want to draw attention to in this match. At one point Super Calow kicks out La Parca's leg as he goes to do a springboard and he fucking spills into the ropes and for the first and not last time on this show I shrieked.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does that awesome bump where the guy's kinda gets his legs sweeped out and his it's like the his hamstrings hit the top rope and yeah. he just bumps onto the back of his head and it looks fucking horrible <laughs>
0: uh, for not the last time on this show they cut to Raven on his own in the crowd mm-hmm. um, more, more on that as the situation develops uh, Super Kolo wins this match and uh, then Leparka just kills him and dances <laughs> just immediately like the bell rings Leparka's like right time for the chair
1: <laughs> he 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 mortars Callow and Chavo with a chair, yeah. Then for some reason, Hoovy and Lismark come in, yeah. And El I Dandy, don't, I don't know why. Then El Dandy and Psicosis show up, yeah. And we have some kind of weird lucha brawl.
0: One of my one of my one of the saddest things about Psicosis C- uh, in. WCW is that none of the commentators lean into pronouncing it like psychosis. They just go with psychosis. Yeah. And I much prefer the Joey Styles style uh, style of like leaning real hard into trying to sound authentic about it. But you know, what could you do? But yeah, all the- basically uh, anyone vaguely connected with uh, the concept of lucha comes out. Um and Chavo hits this Tope on La Perka and I thought he'd killed him stone dead
1: he landed on his head like he landed on La Parka's head yeah he
0: basically... no wonder no
1: wonder there's two Parkas now yeah he... he split him in half
0: he basically <laughs> shot Parka in the head with his body <laughs> uh, is what happened here uh, and to close the segment off I wrote that I love a flippy brawl
1: yeah it was just it was like uh, a 2019 WWE Raw match it was just full of dives to the outside
0: yeah um, backstage segment uh, from earlier in the night as the flock attack Rick Martel and uh, Perry Saturn throws him through the cheapest looking fake glass you've ever seen
1: yeah it the glass shattered by just being there it didn't even yeah. it wasn't impact it was just it happened to be there and it shattered
0: a mild gust could have probably sorted out that glass
1: um, uh, K- K- Kidman is telling Martell he's a stooge for some reason yeah. <laughs> Which isn't quite explained to us. No. They're just Kidman that's poking him in the chest column and a stooge.
0: A stooge, yeah. Sure. I guess so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next segment. Raven in the crowd again. Um there's like a mother and daughter who are like, Yay around Raven, but then there's like a, this kind of flock of Daz that are just to the side and they're like they're having no part of Raven. They don't want it to be here. And then the worst. The worst worst commercial I have ever seen in my life for the Boston Brawl the eye pay-per-view basically the
1: 1998 internet exclusive show is is this on the network no (sighs) not that I'm aware of that's a shame I I have heard about this before between the sheets I remember them talking about it I mean, I didn't expect to see this the ads um like you' no. say, it's 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 awful mm. it, it was in no way appealing. it doesn't tell you who's on the show. It's yeah. just basically you have to go on w c w wrestling on the internet <laughs> and you get to it doesn't even say if you'll see it it's just it's internet exclusive yeah. and I believe they actually sold where you could have the audio only. What? Yeah, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe there was options where you could have like you could just hear the audio of I think it was Gordon Solie and someone else doing commentary.
0: <laughs> I I would be very much down for trying to trying to source because I'm sure any recording that exists of Boston Brawl looks like you're watching it through a potato, given the internet speeds of the time. Um, but I would be very much down if I can find a copy of this to for us to watch this show as a special episode at some point in the future.
1: We'll put it out to uh, the Thunder Buddies, as you said. Yeah. Um, If somebody can find us a copy of the show, we will watch it and talk about it and probably fucking bury it 10 feet under.
0: Yeah, so when you hear this, you have a couple of weeks if you want us to watch it soon because I think canonically we have this show we're going to review sold out next and I think there's one more Nitro before um, or not Boston. one more Nitro sorry one more Thunder before the Boston Brawl
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, so if someone in the next couple of weeks after this episode comes out could facilitate uh, us with a link to where we can watch the Boston Brawl I would be very I don't know if I, happy is the word <laughs> but I would D- certainly judge them by
1: the graphics for the ad we won't be happy watching this it would be it will
0: be a thing anyway <laughs> Moving on to the next match, and this is another throw-fucking-darts-at-a-board-full-of-names match. Uh, Melenko versus Marty Jannetty. So, cool, because this is before... Um, so, 1998, this is before Marty Jannetty went truly crazy.
1: And um, possibly stepped with his daughter.
0: Boy, I'll tell you what that Marty Jannetty <laughs> Facebook account is. <laughs> <sighs> Gee, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to. I don't know how to parse whatever the fuck is going on there. He's the man needs some help. He's definitely a wrestler. He
1: certainly is. <laughs> he certainly is a wrestler. Um, um this match. I mean, I, I found it hard to take notes on this match because there was nothing bad in it. Mm. It you, it just just kind of happened. And...
0: Do you know why I didn't? I don't. I don't really have any notes on this either. Um, I have two points and one of them is just what the finish was. (laughs) But um, I think the reason I don't have anything on this match is that these two guys coming out at this point in the show, I immediately said to myself, okay, well, there's going to be like a run-in about a minute and a half in and that's what the segment is actually about. (laughs) And there just wasn't. The match ended clean.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the program thus far has conditioned you that when there's a... Strange match that you will get some form of running. Mm. This prop, this could be actually the first match that has no nobody at ringside, or nobody coming down, or nobody in the crowd. No
0: shenanigans at all, except <clears throat> for the keen-eyed viewer. When Dean Malenko is making his entrance, look up to the back right-hand side of the screen for reasons that are beyond my understanding there is like a giant green mascot walking around and I don't know what he's doing there
1: is it Wildcat Willie? no he was he was orange or uh, purple he was the old WCW mascot I don't know who the green one would be
0: I wonder is it just like whatever sports team is in Huntsville or wherever this is and he was just there whether this man is just walked into the wrong building (laughs)
1: I mean, chances are it's WCW. He could become TV champion next week. Yeah.
0: But it was I think it was just, for me, the incongruity of deadly, serious, professional wrestler Man of and holds <laughs> Dean Malenko walking out. Then this just giant man in a mascot costume just rambling around trying to both get noticed by the camera and then run off camera at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Dean wins via Cloverleaf. Uh, And then we get a tease for what to to look forward to. We've got two days. uh, Interestingly, um, in a very Sunday night heat way, they're running WCW Saturday night on the same night as the pay-per-view. And I'll tell you what, you are in for a treat if you watch this episode of WCW Saturday night because they have the team of Wrath and Mortis versus Glacier and the Cat.
1: Is that a martial arts division match?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll have to see if it's uh, contested under the very specific rules of the martial arts division (laughs) that in no way bear any resemblance to professional wrestling.
1: I mean, sure, it involves a tree count, but it's definitely not wrestling.
0: And I will never look this up, but I will tell you something. If the team of Glacier and the Cat are not referred to at any point on commentary on WCW Saturday Night as the Cool Cats... Eric Bischoff should never work again.
1: (laughs) That sounds like something Dusty would 100% say. Yeah.
0: And it is a missed opportunity. Uh, We get to the Goldberg portion of the evening. And if you got me, Lee, to write down a list of everyone I remember Goldberg wrestling, I don't know how many attempts it would have taken to get anywhere near the name Kendall Windham.
1: Did you know who this was when he was coming out? Uh... no (laughs) (laughs) I thought for a second you were going to say yeah (laughs) no because
0: I was I'm trying to think back what my thought process was because so I was writing down notes from the the WCW Saturday Night segment because it just captured my imagination so much and I looked up as he was coming out but before his name appeared on the screen Mm. and I went that's not what Horace
1: Hogan looks like (laughs) I thought the exact same thing initially. I was like, oh shit, it's Horace Hogan as a jobber. Yeah, I was and like, then, Jesus, and then Horace,
0: was, Har- uh, Horace Hogan was buff.
1: And I was looking at it going, oh no, 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 it couldn't be Horace. Yeah. And just as it popped up, Kendall Window went, ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: notable thing about this match, because Lord knows Kendall isn't. Um, this is the week, uh, week three, where they're finally... On thunder, at least starting to put over the streak.
1: I I have the same thing. This is the first acknowledgement of the streak.
0: Yeah. Um. Favorite part of this match: Goldberg's single leg takedowns and leg locks are fucking great.
1: Why he wasn't doing? that? I know he did it in a ton of matches, but that should have been put over so much. His his roll through into that knee bar is so great.
0: Yeah, his uh, like I think if you had someone. If you if you could somehow wave a wand and get Goldberg into somewhere besides the power plant in this day and age, the career he could make as like you know killer Goldberg, but also a fucking shooter,
1: mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: fuck me, like oh my god, because there's definitely, and I wonder is part of it down to we know the thing that like when Goldberg matches go long, they go they go badly, and his selling was never up to scratch and. When he does stuff like this, I think God, there was a lot more potential to be a much better main event wrestler than he ended up being, and I wonder is is almost all of that really just down to the power plant?
1: Oh, more than likely. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, nobody good ever came from the power plant, really, did they?
0: Uh not that I can think of. But they're just like, um, were they just like, ah, he's close enough. He looks good. Get him I on think, the telly.
1: I think they were desperate for bodies like like you said before, um Bischoff was always complaining that he didn't have enough people for two shows. So it yeah. felt very much like Goldberg was rushed up to the, the roster. Mm. And then when he got there they realised, Oh, we have something to this guy. Um I mean even this match you look at the reaction when Goldberg is no selling the punches from Wyndham. The mm. crowd are gone bananas. And then when he hits him with the spear Jesus Christ Right So
0: I know we tried To stay context free But you brought up A point there And I would like To explore it And that was Has anyone good Ever come from The power plant And I'll tell you what There's a couple of Names on this list That are going to Rock you to the Fucking core My friend
1: so- Oh let's let Hang on Let me see Can I guess them
0: Okay Now this is on The section on Wikipedia Notable graduates Of the WCW Power
1: plant Okay, uh, I'll go with the ones that I know were definitely in the power plant. We yeah. had uh, the Natural Born Killer, so here, Jane Drake, Palumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, above average Mike Sanders. Above average Mike Sanders. Uh, tsh, who else? Who else was around during the SWCW? Um, now,
0: there's a the, couple of guys here who they clearly, like, through backyarding or, like real Bush League stuff definitely had some experience before they came in that they're taking a bit credit for
1: Uh, obviously the giant big show is one Um, go on who else who have we got
0: right so I'll read the list we've got male and female graduates Bryant Anderson uh, C.W. Anderson okay here's one that got me Shark Boy what? mhm uh Must have been towards the end of the power plant surely Like around that time where like AJ Styles was on WCW TV Yeah (laughs) Um, Sick Boy uh, Chad Brock Johnny the Bull uh, Keith and Kent Cole The Kiss Demon Dale Torbork (laughs) Yeah Um, DDP What? Yeah Because, I guess, yeah, because he broke in. But he, like, was it, I wonder, because he did AWA stuff, didn't he, as a manager?
1: Yeah, well, he was a manager, and I know he was a manager in WCW. Uh, That's a generous one. Hmm.
0: Uh, David Flair. I don't know if you want to be shouting that one from the rooftops. Uh, The Giant, as you said. Goldberg, as we said. Uh, Giant Gonzalez. Okay. Hardbody Harrison. Infamous. Uh, Shane Helms. They're taking a, you know. Nah, I nah, guess
1: he, he he's Omega. You see, he, I guess he, he was
0: doing Omega, but I I guess they would look at it as they refined him for a TV style as opposed to a barkyard style.
1: So in that in that case, the PC is the most successful. Mm, training center.
0: Um. Here's where it like. There's a couple of ones that there's absolutely no way. But anyway, Horseshoe Mark Jindrak, Chris Canyon. Okay. Um. So. Uh, Lash LaRue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lodi. Mongo. The Cat. Shannon Moore, again, and trying to claim yeah. from Omega. Here's one that made me laugh. Kevin Nash. <laughs> who was WWF World Champion before. <laughs> but, yeah, the power plants, I suppose, back in the day, before even his uh, Diesel run. Uh, Sean O'Hare. Chuck Palumbo. The Renegade. Reno.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: Kid Romeo. Mike Sanders. Here's my favourite one on the whole list. Bob Sapp
1: <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, S- can give that.
0: Sonny Siaki. TNA Star. Yeah. Elix Skipper.
1: TNA Star. <laughs> the Wall. It's T- The Wall, brother. T- TNA Star. <laughs> uh, I'm I've seeing I've a, a trend here.
0: Uh huh. Quee TNA Star. Uh, Alex Wright
1: should have been a Theon <laughs> Uh
0: Yun Yang and then uh, a much shorter list of female graduates uh, Asia Daphne Major Guns Stacey Keebler Leah Miao uh, Paisley Tigress and Tori Wilson So that, just, that's
1: definitely a list of women
0: just a galaxy of stars. All the wrestling greats.
1: So are we are we happy to say my point stands? I I think we are, my friend. (laughs) I think we are.
0: Um so back to the the mat classic that was Kendall Wyndham versus Goldberg. Mm -hmm. Um as we said the single legs were class. Um I'm ranking this in terms of sheer bravery as my number one spear because Kendall leaned into the spear. So, Mongo tried to take it in a way Where he minimized all damage And perhaps damaged himself even more taking it Mm -hmm. Disco took it quite well But his head snapped a little Kendall was just kind of Ah, fuck it, I'm here And just leaned As Goldberg was coming towards him leaned into him And uh, I wrote here That he hit Kendall so hard Barry Windham felt it (laughs) And then jackhammer and pin it was all said and done
1: yeah, I can get I can get behind that as the top sphere so far. Yeah, I I think so.
0: Earned it. Earned his place in the Hall of Fame. Um, next up, we have Scott Hall, Survey Man. Um, during his his survey shtick, uh, it cuts to the crowd, and I think the most hyped man in all of the nineteen nineties screaming along the letters NWO. Uh, he's worth picking out on the replay. Uh, Louis Spicoli comes out with Larry's golf clubs because, of course. And do you know, like at first I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous," but then I was like, "If there's a man in pro wrestling who brings his golf clubs to the building for a TV taping, it's Larry Zbysko."
1: Absolutely, he he literally plays nine holes while the show is going on.
0: Yeah, he'd play through if it if it went out onto the stage.
1: <laughs> um, um there were, actually, there's a couple of fan signs I noticed just as Hall was making his entrance. Yeah. Um, there's one that has NWO never wrestling one-on-one which I thought was very clever that's actually very good for a 1990s sign Uh, and then we have one in the background while Hall is doing a survey that says Hall fears shampoo (laughs) that is a greasy head of hair he's got (laughs) I do not disagree with that sentiment Um,
0: so here we have uh, what I would put down to some miscommunication between Scott Hall and his lackey Louis Spicoli here where Scott Hall is cutting a promo that he's going to be holding these clubs hostage all the while Louis is over his shoulder snapping the golf clubs <laughs> I think the, the the whole thing about a hostage is that you don't say I'm keeping the hostage and then immediately murder the hostage
1: it's like what you got there is that the two uh, the two iron and it's already snapped yeah yeah. he's like oh I guess it was too sweet yeah
0: fair fucks to him. they know that they're running long so they need to just cut the extortion part and go straight to the execution of the golf clubs
1: um, Larry comes out and obviously gets in the ring because he's Larry visco and he fears no man dressed like five million dollars even if they have golf clubs in their hands Larry still has no fear
0: yeah and immediately <laughs> traps Louis in a chokehold, like a guillotine choke
1: uh just just before that Heenan comes out with a great line of uh he's gonna tee off on spicoli yeah
0: <laughs> love brain um and i think in this segment the most athletic feat yet seen on thunder right so larry as i said gets louis spicoli in this guillotine choke gets him down to the ground has him <laughs> has him in his guard as we would say in the current parlance um and Scott Hall goes to, I can't remember if it's to drop an elbow or drop a boot on him.
1: He dro- drops it, an elbow, yeah. yeah.
0: In the time it takes Scott Hall to fall to the ground, Larry moves at the fucking speed of sound out of the ring that there is nothing but fit. Like, he releases the choke and rolls out in such a swift, fluid motion. I'm just like, once again, Larry, Larry Zabisco is the biggest baby face to me in this promotion
1: forget Piper they need to have Zabisco in the ring with this world title (laughs) announcement is made
0: this is three weeks in a row where he has outmaneuvered and outsmarted the NWO at every turn and buried them every time he's been near a microphone Mm -hmm. what a a world so yeah he gets out of the ring like a shot and he, he teases that he's not coming alone to Snickers sold out
1: I love that you still say Snickers sold out.
0: Well, you got it. Snickers sold out, sponsored by Snickers. (laughs) You got to get those advertising books in, man. Um, (laughs) Next match. And boy, was this a treat in prospect. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio here on Thunder. Woohoo, I wrote.
1: A rematch from the famous Halloween Havoc match from the year previous.
0: Indeed. Um, And this was a very enjoyable little match. Until inevitably, Chris Jericho runs in.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, kind of similar to uh, the malenko Genetti match. I found it difficult to take notes because everything was kind of very good. It was smooth. There was... It wasn't that long. I think it only went about maybe four or five minutes before Jericho came out. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it it was Mysterio versus Eddie. I mean, it was very good for what it was.
0: Yeah. Um so Jericho attacks Ray. Uh and kind of he makes he like he like he makes the point to Eddie, it's like, you should help me attack Ray as well, even though Eddie's annoyed at him for interrupting his match. He still goes, Okay, let's kick the shit out of Ray. Uh then Benoit arrives uh to surprise Jericho. Jericho has his back turned for an absurd period of time before he turns around. And Jericho's face when he turns around and sees Benoit the mm-hmm. the cartoon character expression just what a just fantastic dork of a man
1: it is brilliant because um, Eddie and Jericho start pushing one on each other and Eddie kind of peeps over his shoulder and sees Benoit who is scheduled to be uh, Jericho's opponent is yep. in the ring and all of a sudden he starts begging off and it's like, yeah. "Oh okay, sorry, 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 Jericho thinks, "Oh well, I'm the man, you know i'm I'm making this guy beg off, yeah, and you like you say, he turns around to see Benoit and the the sheer fear in his face,
0: <laughs> yeah the oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, uh, so um, then uh Malenko's out to help Ray to the back, and we have Benoit versus Jericho. And it's at this point that I realise I think this is the first time I have watched a Chris Benoit match since What Happened happened.
1: Okay, see, I was going to bring this up.
0: And this is going to be... We're going to have to address this now because it's the first time we've seen him. Um, And we haven't actually talked about this (laughs) off-air.
1: No, we haven't. It was kind of one of those things I didn't want to bring up. Yeah, Uh... because,
0: you know, light and breezy, la-la-la, thunder. Hey, this guy... (laughs) Um, it's not something you necessarily want to bring up. We we kind of have to bring it up. And I think probably the best way to go is just review the match like any other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just kind of, it is what it is and we'll, we'll get through it, I guess. It's yeah, kind of...
1: um, look, I have my own personal stance on things. I have not watched a Chris Benoit match since mm-hmm. what happened in 2007 happened. Yeah, Because I was such... A huge Chris Benoit fan, yeah. And when he came out here, I knew it was coming. I knew eventually he was going to come up on the show, yeah. And this is, and I mean this genuinely, this is the first full Chris Benoit match I have watched. Yeah,
0: I think I had watched the very start of the 2001 ladder match him and Jericho had. Mm-hmm but that was just because I was watching the the pay-per-view and I would normally skip it and like I don't know whether I just zoned out or something like that but uh, immediately then skipped it because it's just I don't begrudge anybody who can watch it I just still feel a little weird and I know kind of with the things people have figured out about brain stuff in the interceding years that there's kind of, not so much a revised take on what happened, but a kind of, people are more able now with more facts to separate what happened from how he had been to that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, you know, fair play if you're able to do that. Like, I've, I've been able to separate the man from the art on a lot of different things, like m- music and films and things like that when someone's gone on to do something monstrous, but... This is just one because I was still quite young at the time, and much like yourself, I was such a huge fan that it's just I, I still feel a bit too weird about it, to be honest, to properly enjoy it anymore, and which is such a shame because in two thousand, Benoit Jericho was like one of my favorite feuds I had ever seen.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I I agree with all that. Um, it it's. It is gonna be weird watching his matches back. Um, I can, not that I can justify it to myself. It's that WCW Chris Benoit and WWE Chris Benoit are almost two totally different people to me. Yeah. Even in even even in my memory before anything happened, it's it was almost like two separate careers. Yeah. So I loved WCW Chris Benoit. Especially around 98, 99, well 99 when I was kind of seeing Nitro more regularly. um, So this will be, it'll be a bit easier for me in that sense. But still, it, it this is the first time that I have gone back to revisit anything. And again, like you, I don't begrudge anyone that is able to watch any of his WWE stuff. Mm. maybe with time with seeing him a bit more regularly I will eventually be able to revisit and fully separate the man from the art
0: yeah but uh, just just as a note kind of going forward on the podcast like every time we see him we're not going to bring up what what happened necessarily because I don't want to bum people out every two weeks by hitting (laughs) on the same thing we all know you know and if you want like we're just going to kind of just plainly review the matches mm-hmm. um and look if if you're somebody who wants to listen to the uh, our analysis if you can call it that of the match you can listen and if it's something you feel more comfortable skipping by absolutely completely respect that and i almost wish i could skip by but i think in the interest of fairness if we're going to cover these shows we should
1: yeah know. and I, and i mean he does become a fairly big part of the show especially yeah. towards the end
0: yeah, so we'd we'll be missing out on on significant portions, and I mm-hmm. I don't feel right about that either. I don't think there is a completely one hundred percent right way to do this, but that's just the way I, I think we should. But anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: thank God for something else to talk about in right. this match. So the Let, match. Let's talk about um... Raven. <laughs>
1: just
0: just want to mention this for a second, just to kind of get things back on the on on the uh, the light and breezy tracks. Raven's in the crowd still. And they pointed out earlier in the show that he, he, him, and the flock are banned from being at ringside, but he bought his own ticket. That's why he's allowed mm-hmm. to be here. Now, I don't know what extracurricular activities young Scott Levy was into in nineteen ninety eight, but I, I, <laughs> I say this with all the love in the world. He looked like his own bloated corpse in the crowd. He had, like, he his face was all puffy and red, and, like, he was doing the full-on, what I would learn later when I started watching The Wire, I would associate as, like, heroin nods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, he's just doing this, and, like, his his face is doing, like, this kind of ticking, and...
1: I, I thought for sure at one stage he was definitely passed out in the crowd.
0: Yeah, and he looked wet. <laughs> you know? Look,
1: and i that's probably going to be something that we know is going forward with a lot of wrestlers.
0: Yeah, and I know we, who was it we talked about on the last episode being greased up, to Eddie. Hell. Eddie, yeah. Like I get Eddie greased himself up going for a match. Like was Raven like throwing a bottle of oil or water on himself to go sit in the crowd for half a show?
1: it's 98 raven there's a chance that he hasn't slept since nitro and yeah. possibly hasn't watched
0: yeah raven raven is method he may have been sleeping in a bin for the week since last i,
1: last I would tender. say I, I would say raven has met and just leave it at that yeah Not method <laughs> yeah <it's>
0: fair <laughs> uh so uh yeah you want to talk about the match itself
1: yeah i mean it was a pretty good match um Benoit obviously lays in the chops I mean Jericho's chest is bright red by the end mm. um, I'd loved the finish I don't know what you thought of it um, Jericho describe, goes, describe it for the listeners there Jericho goes for a spin kick missed, uh, Benoit evades. it he throws a left arm lariat which mm. Benoit ducks grabs him in, in the arm bar leading into the cross face and Jericho insta taps even yep. before he locks in the crossface mm. and just rolls out and walks away and says, no, not doing it. These, and it, it was brilliant.
0: So these two, like, outrageous chemistry they always had in the ring. Mm-hmm. And one of my favourite, kind of, because I said before, Jericho is one of my favourite of all time wrestlers. And one thing I like is the, not only in his, his whole thing about his constant evolution of his character, but his the differences in his mannerisms and his approach to wrestling that his heel character and his babyface character have because he's jericho's wcw heel character is characterized by things like this being a big fucking coward and as soon as he thinks he's going to get in the hold he would rather tap and run away than be in pain for a second whereas the other jericho the babyface jericho almost a completely different human being his most famous crossface spot is it was Judgment Day 2000 Where he passes out in the hold Because he won't tap Yes
1: taps. it was yeah
0: um, So it's just incredible that, that Just that little difference Between Not wanting to get into it Because you're a coward And Not wanting to give up Because you're the courageous baby face that, That's why people rave about Chris Jericho mm-hmm. You know Just a fantastic professional wrestler And I love him so much Even though he looks like a melted da now <laughs>
1: Um, um after after the match Raven jumps Benoit and we learn that Benoit versus Raven is a match I sold out.
0: Yeah, I assumed Raven was coming to like steal money for crack or something and that's why he, he attacked, yeah.
1: Well uh, at least it wasn't the NWO mugging somebody again yeah, for Randy Savage's fine.
0: Yeah. man people like the the wage scale must be all over the place that half the the employees are able to post 1.5 million dollar bonds and half of them are just mugging people to you know get an eight ball a blow or something like that uh next we move on to the uh translators ready segment of the week as hogan and easy come out to do their promo um basically what i could decipher this time uh, this wasn't as impenetrable as the promo last week because i figured out he's saying that he's going to get his belt back and then i write hulk just keeps babbling until he runs out of time <laughs> i think he kind of realized he hit his point about 30 seconds in and was like fuck i have three minutes to kill and just kept going
1: uh i'm i'm guessing this is going to be a weekly segment yeah because it's happened the same time around the same time for the three weeks yeah um, yeah I mean the uh, I think it's Heenan that says it's time for the lie of the week and the announcers begin to count all the lies in the promo mm. and that kind of sums it up
0: <laughs> yeah and I'll tell you what Hulk Hogan here the ultimate wrestling genius three weeks of thunder have we seen him throw more than a punch
1: Uh, he wasn't he put in the rack last
0: week? Oh, he was put in the rack, but he hasn't actually like. I don't think he's a taken a bump or taken a proper bump. Yeah,
1: he's been he in. Let, he's he's been he, in his ring gear. Definitely. He
0: was he was in the the the, 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 the choke nap that uh, Giant put him in last week. Yes where he, he let him down gentler than I could into bed at night. <laughs>
1: that 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 does not count as a bump, 100%. Yeah. and <laughs> then he
0: was let gently down from the rack as well, I believe. And then I think he, he threw a punch or two, maybe, in that tag match the other week, but I, I can't really remember. But yeah, earning a, more money than God for doing all this as well. What a, what a pro. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like you say, I don't think there was much of a point to this. It was basically... The WCW are giving me back my title. Yeah.
0: Um moving on then the next match, uh Perry Saturn and his hair versus Rick Martel. Um let, before, just,
1: before that, though, we did get a recap as to why uh the flock attacked Martel.
0: Yes, tell because us.
1: Because a couple of weeks previous on Nitro mm. Saturn was facing Booker T for the TV title, which I did not know that Booker was the TV champ at this time. But he may three, not be now. Three weeks into <laughs> into Thunder, we now know who the TV champion is.
0: Actually, also three weeks into Thunder, we haven't seen Booker T.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, they don't have a big enough roster. So.
0: They do mention on this show though what a successful professional wrestler Booker T has become. So successful, apparently, that he's just too busy on Thursday nights. <laughs>
1: Um, but, yeah, basically, Saturn versus Booker. Saturn has the match won, but he has his feet on the ropes. Yeah. So, a model professional, Rick Martel, notice the pun there, um <laughs> comes out and tells the referee. Uh, the match get gets restarted. Booker ends up picking up the win, and the flock blame Martel, basically. And that is the explanation for Kidman calling him a, calling him a stooge earlier in the night. All makes sense now, doesn't it, everyone? But shouldn't they have put that before they showed us
0: them jumping him? You would think, uh, but this is WCW, my friend. It's very avant garde the way they do things. <laughs> it's like memento; they just do everything in reverse order. Um, so yeah, Perry Saturn's hair comes out to wrestle Rick Martel, and let's just let's just sit for a minute. And Perry, can I can I call him Pezzer? Um, look, Perry, even at this point, the hair has given up, and. You know, you just get rid of it. Like he, I, I speak from a future where he looks much cooler with no hair than this kind of troll doll tuft he's got going on. Yeah,
1: he looks. He looks odd. Yeah, and I mean Perry Perry certainly normally looks odd. But he certainly he looks, does. <laughs> he looks worse. Um, I mean, the announcers. I mean, even even at this stage, the announcers do a great job putting over Saturn as this really good wrestler. Yeah. Who's being led astray by the flock?
0: Mm.
1: It's like they talk about like he is really good in the ring, but there's just something not quite there with him. Mm. And I think I think that's something that's going to continue on forward, knowing where the Raven Saturn story goes. Um, I'm hoping that this is kind of the start of them building towards something with that.
0: So this kind of this match got real confusing real quick because the match starts and uh, Rick Martel sprinted to the fucking ring so much so that I think the cameraman nearly fell over because he's trying to back up really quickly and then Martel runs past him so he tries to turn around very quickly and the camera just kind of wobbles about trying to keep up with him, um, and the match starts and Lodi and Kidman are already there. Um and in the confusion, uh, Kidman interferes and causes Martel to win.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think he he tries. I can't remember what it is he does, but basically, uh, Martel locks in what he calls the Quebec Crab. Yeah, which is basically a Boston Crab. No. Um, and then after the match, Kidman launches himself with a crossbody at Martel. Who moves out the way and Kidman lands splat on the back of Perry Saturn's head?
0: Yeah, one of uh, my my favorite things in wrestling is the someone goes to do a big dive and you just very casually sidestep them.
1: The the Samoa Joe, as I call
0: it, (laughs) or the I think after twenty eighteen, it's the fucking the Zack Sabre Junior after that promo. Oh yes, like if you're gonna dive, I'm gonna fucking move. (laughs) 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 You fucking idiot.
1: Um, but yeah, that that's basically the whole match. Yeah. Saturn Saturn is made to uh, not look that great, and Martel apparently is now getting a TV title shot at Soldo. So we actually probably do know most of the matches that are going to happen at Soldo.
0: Mm, indeed, uh, we move on from that into our main event of the evening, and it's Scott Hall versus the Giant. Uh, Scott Hall coming out making those uh, mocking gestures of the Giant that we loved so much from episode one.
1: I'll never I'll never tire of that
0: um, in terms of the actual um, match itself it's a load of smoke and mirrors uh, Hogan Nash and Savage all come out uh, Lex tries to help the giant uh, Savage gets put in the rack uh, and Nash comes out and reveals so he as we said he teased at the top of the program that he had a plan to make the giant snap and attack him he had a secret plan all along and Lee that plan was to mock him and slap him a bit (laughs) this was this was teased for weeks that he was going to get the giant to snap and this was his plan
1: (laughs) to basically continue what he had been doing already yeah Um, that's that's not the only mocking that uh, Nash actually did during this match because when uh, Savage is locked in the torture rack, which isn't quite good enough to get into the top three torture rack so far. Yeah, the, um, ra- the ranking yeah, of it's racks. Not, yeah, it's, not, it's not quite good enough to get into the, the ranking. It's in the Champions um,
0: League positions.
1: But uh, Nash actually points and laughs at Savage <laughs> while he is locked in the rack. And it's, it's very confusing. <laughs> I-, I love Kevin Nash. but but yeah basically his his grand plan that even scott hall had mentioned was that they were basically gonna kind of i don't even think nash slapped him
0: he he did like he did a couple of like clubbing blows on him i think outside the ring at the very end if i'm i might be wrong on that but i thought he did where um, where nash hit him
1: but he kind of keeps backing away and backing away outside of the ring yeah until the giant gets so angry and so pissed off that he kicks the ring steps,
0: yeah, and that's your go home for the pay per view.
1: Um, oh, he well, he also crumples the ring by pulling a cord that you're not supposed to see, yeah, and and pushing over the ring post. As Aska Hall hilariously sells it in the ring, that the world is crumbling under his feet as he struggles to stand up straight as the ring slowly folds in on itself.
0: Yeah, the the Brock and Big Show superplex this was not.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the master plan, and it didn't work. Yeah,
0: jump him and mock him. That's 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 your master plan, Big Kev. Well, good work. <laughs>
1: um, what did you think of the show? Um, I think,
0: to be honest, it was the most watchable of them um it's the one that flew by for me. It's the only one so far I've watched in one complete sitting um and it kind of I didn't notice the the hour and a half, two hours go by um so that's a big thumbs up and in some ways, the winner is me for that. <coughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, who who would be your big winner and loser? You mentioned that you think Conan might be your outright loser yet again.
1: Oh, Conan is one hundred percent a loser. Uh, he was just made to look like a fucking waste of space, basically, for the last couple of shows. Um, the winner I'm going to say Nash is the winner because he he could a great promo. Yeah, he never he never took a bump.
0: <laughs> what a promo! And,
1: and yeah, I remember everything he did on the show
0: yeah definitely like the only person that you come away like with strong memories of what they did throughout the show even if his plan was fucking stupid you still Mm. remember the promo you still remember him coming out and trying to annoy the giant in the main segment I would also put in uh, as runners up for my winners of the week uh, La Parca (laughs) uh, and Roddy Piper (laughs) uh, and the cast of Walker Texas Ranger who we did not get to see on this program And very deflated with the realisation I have not seen that footage.
1: (laughs) Maybe next week. I won't hold my breath on it, but maybe next week.
0: Yeah, and uh, i got to agree, after the argument you put forward, that the the big loser was Conan uh, on this programme. I would also kind of say that a little bit... The Cruiserweight Championship itself was a loser in this show because we had Eddie versus Ray and then Ray was like very quickly shoved out a fucking trap door to get to Benoit versus Jericho
1: yeah but I mean they kind of sold that like he had that massive knee brace on yeah and, and they sold that Jericho had attacked it again I mean uh, I can kind of I'm okay with that one
0: yeah um so yeah, that was episode three of WCW Thunder. Thanks everybody for listening yet again. Uh, keep in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, that Twitter again, I believe, is at WCW Thunderpod, if I'm not mistaken. Um we yeah, we appreciate all the uh the Thunder buddies getting in touch with us on there. And uh, we, we hope to hear more from you, your thoughts on last week's episode, this week's episode. Um our our next port of call is will be our first pay-per-view coverage on the program and that is Snickers Sold Out.
1: I have a question for you. Can you name all the matches for Solo? I definitely fucking can't.
0: I I can tell you that the, the definitely the thing I'm buying my my theoretical pay-per-view for is uh finally getting a fucking decision on the world title. Uh we've got so we've got
1: I'm going to write down your predictions for what the matches are.
0: <laughs> well, we've got Jericho and Ray, don't we?
1: Okay, Jericho, Ray.
0: Um, we have the we have the decision on on the world title. Yeah. Um, bum, bum 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 bum. I'm trying to think. What do I know from? I've definitely like watched this oh we've got the the Brett Flair match that's had the the shite build for it yep um the confrontation with Zabisco and Scott Hall it's gonna form some sort of match
1: Zabisco Hall yeah
0: I assume with the way they're building them together and telling a story with it that Team Beefy Da Is gonna be involved Somewhere But I don't know Against who Or what Okay Um. Oh it's against That NWO Pack of fucking Randos Isn't
1: it The, 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 the NWOB team Yeah
0: Yeah yeah. And we have The The Fucking Junkie versus Mullet uh, Raven Benoit Match Don't we
1: Raven Benoit Yeah
0: And I, I've got Nothing outside of that <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of related to the question i was going to ask you so we've had a full pay-per-view build cycle just on thunder how clear are you on what's actually going to happen and uh how hyped are you for the pay-per-view if you if you can put yourself into 1998 lee's shoes for a second and if you were watching all this every thursday night on the superstation would they be getting your 30 dollars or however much it was back then
1: I don't know if they'd be getting my thirty dollars for the lineup, but I think I have a better idea of what's happening than you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you forgot Luger versus Savage. Oh, I did. You I forgot did. Nash versus Giant.
0: Ah, yes, of course. The three million dollar battle. Yeah.
1: The, <laughs> <laughs> um, you also forgot Booker versus Martel.
0: Well, that's because I haven't seen Booker T yet <laughs>
1: Um, I think DDP has something going on at the pay-per-view I don't know
0: <laughs> getting his wallet back
1: <laughs> Um, what else got uh, you see like
0: with two people watching the show taking notes the fact that we can't between us put together a full card
1: <laughs> I think we have the full card there, there might be like random undercard matches thrown in
0: yeah. Or ones that were built exclusively on Nitro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's always a possibility. And that will be a much larger possibility as time goes on, I imagine. Um, but I, I think on this show, especially the last show, they actually did kind of... like, Okay, we basically saw Raven attack Benoit for the first time on this show and they said, oh, well, that's happening and it's all out.
0: Yeah. they. With our discussion now of the matches I can remember and the matches you've reminded me of they've put all the storylines in place that you understand why everybody is fighting everybody else in the pay-per-view with the exception of Rick Martell and missing person Booker T
1: yeah
0: um yeah Uh, I'm looking forward to actually watching a WCW pay-per-view start to finish without Mark screaming at me to make it stop (laughs) that'll just be your
1: subconscious this time yeah
0: (laughs) So um, check back here. Um, subscribe to us in your podcast provider of preference, or on Spotify, whatever, whatever way you choose to listen to the cast. Uh, give us some feedback. Chat to us on the tweet machine. Um, give us a rating, a review on whatever you you listen to us on. That will really help us. Um, and in the meantime, you can check back with us in just about two weeks when myself and Lee talk about Snickers sold out ninety eight